This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. As we react to early signing period here and uh, um, several, what is it, 20 commits for Ohio State putting pen to paper, I just want to point out something really interesting, Spencer, which is that when the thought was Edric Houston was going to flip and Jeremiah Smith hadn't announced yet and yet all this going on, I saw a lot of Ohio State faithfuls saying the sky is falling and <laughs> the, you know this is why you should have fired Ryan Day. And yet, when he kept the class together, I didn't see the credit going where it was due. And I just think that's a fascinating disparity, those two ideas of when something goes wrong with Ohio State right now, Ryan, this is proof, Ryan Day, it's, it's confirmation bias. Ryan Day's a scrub. He should be fired. He'll never beat Michigan. And yet, when he actually pulls off what he's supposed to or what, what you thought he wouldn't do, now it is, well, okay. Well, that's just what he's supposed to do. That's expected. Well, or I, I, or it's or it's oh well, he's got Brian Hartline, so yes. you know. <laughs> or, or exactly, not giving him credit. Like, yeah, I think a big takeaway from this is, guys, let's put this in proper context. They've lost three straight games to Michigan. They've got like thirteen players in the portal. This is clearly this time of transition for the Buckeyes program, and transition doesn't mean bad. But transition does mean a little bit of instability. There are significant decisions that Ryan Day has to make to be able to beat Michigan and solidify himself here. Not just beat Michigan, but go win a national championship. We're not sure who the hell is going to be the starting quarterback next year. And yet, in spite of all of that, and because you know, here's the other thing, you know for a fact that those other schools are using what is perceived to be weakness of Ryan Day against him on the recruiting trail. So the fact that he was able to keep this class together and keep Jeremiah Smith and Graham and Houston and Aaron Nolan and everybody here, and the worst thing you can say is you lost, oh, this four-star lineman to Miami, which was about the bag, or this four-star running back, uh, Jordan Lyle, to, to Miami, and then lo and behold, you still sign a bunch of offensive and defensive linemen. You still signed two highly rated uh, running backs. I, I, if you're not giving Ryan Day credit for keeping this thing together, I'm sorry. I think you've gone past the point of of objectivity when it comes yeah. to Ryan Day in this program. 
Yeah, you you can't not give him any credit. Um, I understand where, yeah, a lot of this is on his staff. It's a relationship business. He sends people like Larry Johnson and uh, Brian Hartline and others out to go recruit these positions and recruit these players and build those relationships. But he does some of the recruiting himself. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the picture he took when he went out and visited Air Nolan. So he's obviously responsible for some of this. I also think, too, and I referenced this earlier in the show, he stepped away from the podium to take a phone call. And by all accounts, it sounds like that phone call was with Edric Houston. I actually watched a clip of Houston talking about somebody asked him point blank, like, yeah, there was some talk that you might go the other way. Like, you know, what kind of pull are you, if you're able to say like, what kind of pulled you back to the side of Ohio state? And he said, like, he flat out, he flat out asked straight up, like, you know, all these guys who went to the transfer portal, like, what's that about? Like that might've been a red flag for him where he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not so sure about this. And he said that Ryan day was able to go like person by person by person who's entered the portal and explain to him, like why this guy entered, why that guy entered, what his decision was, what this guy's decision was, and why they they obviously respect the decisions that these guys have made. And that sort of pulled him back to the side of, okay, I, I want to go through with this. Like, I understand it's it's the easy, low-hanging fruit. And on some level, he's a head football coach. You know, he always goes out and says, fair or unfair, I know I get the blame. Fair or unfair, I know that Ohio State fans are, are, hyper, are hypercritical, and that's just how they're going to be. So I think he understands the position that he's in, and he will it will fall on his lap. But if it's going to fall in his lap when things go wrong, we should probably at least give him some credit when things go right. And in this instance, he kept it together. Sounds like he played a role that day and even convincing one of their top recruits to continue to come to Ohio State, not flip to Bama. Um, So, listen, there's a lot to be said for all these things. And I do think that Ryan Day deserves more credit than he's probably getting at this time at a couple days removed from signing day. Well, and it's funny. I think he gets credit for doing the thing that Ohio State fans didn't want him to do, which he's been patient to this point. You know, uh, yes, if he had already added a quarterback in the portal, um, right now, if it was Cam Ward or if it was Dante Moore or if it was Riley Leonard, we'd be, you know, hooping and hollering. But as of right now, it doesn't feel like they panicked to make a move because they feel like they need to make a move. You know, even um, there was a kid, I want to say it was a Tulsa edge rusher um, that they kind of broke off a visit on and kind of to make sure that they could keep some of their defensive line commits happy because that where there's some like concern that that might cost them playing time. Um, There have been people who wanted him to just fire, whether it's Larry Johnson or the uh, Julian Fleming, or not Julian Fleming, sorry, the, uh, the special teams coach or fire Justin Fry, like, to his credit, he's not blown this thing up. Yeah. And I think that steady hand, that in, in maybe it's robotic in nature, I think that's helping Ohio State. I think before you can really start to make any of the changes you want, you have to get the hay in the barn. You have to get the players in the building. You have to get guys, Well, you know, whether it's in the portal or in early signing day, you have to get them lined up. So then you can go ahead and say, all right, We've, we've taken care of the player aspect of this. What other elements do we need to work on? And I, I just, again, I think that is, I think a lesser coach or a different person maybe would have panicked and would have just fired guys that next day. And it would have been a beautiful, dramatic statement. It would have appeased Buckeye fans. It also might have savaged your, your, your recruiting efforts. It might have sent even more guys into the portal. And so the idea that, 
uh, again, that, that Ryan didn't do that. I think this, I think 20 recruits, I think this many five stars, I think Jeremiah Smith staying, Edric Houston staying, guys, I think that's because he didn't overreact yeah. to losing to Michigan. And there's still time, by the way, to make some, some strategic changes, including the coaching staff. Like you can have yeah. both things happen. It just might mean you have to delay that instant gratification. Yeah, and you mentioned the the quarterback situation. It sounds like too he kind of addressed that in his press conference the other day, where he made it sound like it's an it, it's an open competition for twenty twenty four. He mentioned Lincoln, he mentioned uh, Devin, and he mentioned Air, and he kind of said, "Yeah, I'm excited to see how these guys all kind of compete going into spring ball in twenty twenty four." So maybe that's the plan. Maybe we're not going to get a quarterback in the portal. And I guess we'll have to kind of live with that and understand that and see what kind of comes out of this competition. We'll see. And there's still time. Like you said, there's still some guys out there, uh, Malik Murphy and and, and um, Malachi Nelson, among others. So that's not to say they won't, but it does sound like maybe their approach could be that, which is kind of what I've heard as well. I, I do quickly, though, want to talk about. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because one of the area or two of the areas really that have been a problem, I think, in recruiting for Ohio State lately has been the offensive and defensive line. And I was starting to kind of feel, especially when the news came out that Edric Houston maybe was going to flip to Bama, my concern kind of became what is going on with this position group that you go from the days of Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa and uh, Chase Young, and you got these great pass rushers coming through, at least one in any given year, and we just don't seem like Ohio State has that of late. And where have they lost to Michigan in recent years? in the trenches. It's always in the trenches. Like that is where football oftentimes is won and lost. And to not have those guys coming and making an impact, it's been concerning to me. So I've had questions about Larry Johnson, but then it also sounds like his presence is why Edric Houston also came here. So where do you sort of stand with the balance between is Larry Johnson still recruiting and landing the guys at a high enough level to warrant, you know, being the head of that sort of push every single year on the recruiting trail and yeah it might be time to to move on and find somebody who's going to get you those top-notch recruits because listen this year they said they salvaged things and i understand we we can all sit here now and be like great it's all good but at the same time i think just recent years in general we've seen some some drop off there and i just wonder what the future holds there so one, I thought it was really interesting to hear Ryan Day in that press conference be as effusive about Larry Johnson as possible. Yeah. To me, he put to bed the idea that he would move on from Larry. I agree. Um, and actually, as kind of playing devil's advocate here, something we haven't talked about is I think we've taken Larry for granted. Um, you know, it was a miracle when Urban stole him away from Penn State a decade ago, and he has consistently delivered – top five, top 10 picks. And I think, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you've got a now going on year three of Jim Knowles and there's been a reloading up front. And I think a lot of it, like look at the build of JT Tui Moloau. 
look at the style of defensive ends or even defensive tackles they're bringing in. It's a different defensive system. And I think Larry is trying to adapt to what Jim Knowles needs up front. And I think that is probably been tougher than, and I don't mean from Larry's side. I just think Jim runs kind of a quirky system. So I think trying to get the right guys while you're, you know, you've got, yeah, I mean, he does, and he does, he does like to blitz like, like yeah. Jim Knowles likes to blitz. So he doesn't always necessarily need to get pressure up front with just his, his, uh, his edge guys or his defensive line guys. But yeah, it, it, it's a fair point that there's some quirks to his defense that are different than when you just had, Hey, let's line Joey Bosa up and let him go get the quarterback. Yeah. So that's kind of where my head is. So like the, the point here is I think um, like Justin Fry, it would not upset me if they moved on from Justin Fry. No, I don't think they will. But the difference between the struggles at offensive line and defensive line are I can fall back that Larry Johnson is a dude that put, I mean, 10 first rounders, uh, five top five picks, top 10 picks on the defensive line into your program. Whereas on the offensive side of things, you know, Justin Fry is still the guy trying to prove he can be at this level. All due respect to Virginia Tech or I think UCLA is another place he had played. All due respect to those two places. It ain't Ohio State. And yeah. so that to me is where the proving ground is. So while everybody was was casting aspersions on Larry Johnson, I was looking at Justin Fry being like, my man, what can you do for me? And it still wouldn't upset me if they decided to move on from him. Um, because I, that the offensive, I, I can't, I can't watch a great offense be beset by a bad offensive line yeah. again. Yeah. I can't well, and honestly, and like you want to talk about uh, Kyle McCord. I think Kyle McCord would have been 12% better this year. If you had given him the yeah. proper offensive line that could pass block and, and, and run block to the level they actually ended up at the end of the season. I think that's very fair. And I also just think, um, like that's that's we talked about Larry specifically more so there, but I think on the opposite side, like yeah, Justin Fry, it, there should be questions there. And when you look back at the teams that won national championships with Urban with Trestle, they were really good up front. Like their offensive lines were top notch. So that's an area of weakness that they've had on the recruiting trail as well. And I think that does need to change if they do have hopes of beating Michigan consistently and obviously competing for national championships. So while we're on this, we're going to hold the Brian uh, the Brian Hartline conversation, which I think is going to come up uh, over the next week or so. But I think bef- because we kind of got a boogie here, but I do think we just have to give Brian Hartline Boku credit. Yep. And Ohio State fans have wanted to go, well, Brian gets the credit or Ryan gets the credit. No, together they went wire to wire for Jeremiah Smith, Mylon Graham, and they landed what Joe Klatt, one of the most respected analysts in college football, said was his favorite recruiting class. He thought Ohio State did the best job. And it really starts with being able to keep Jeremiah Smith. So immense credit goes to Brian Hartline. Yeah. We'll save some of the bigger and conversations for later. Real quick, I was going to say, I know that some people brought up that they lost Jeremiah McClellan, who was a four-star wide receiver who was part of this class initially. My response to that is like, guys, they only have some, they, they can only feed so many mouths at a time, right? Like yeah. I think at some point you're going to lose out on some receivers when you also see the receivers that they're bringing in every year are the top-notch receivers. And some of these guys are looking around like, when am I going to play if I have to sit behind Jeremiah Smith? So You also added four receivers. Yeah. And two of them were five stars. So I guess you lost the guy you could afford to lose. Yeah. I I will say Oregon is a problem. 
they they had a really good recruiting class, I think, themselves. And as they join the Big Ten here, that's a team like I think we could see some really good Ohio State Oregon matchups here in the in the years to come. I think Oregon poses a worth a worthier adversary uh, to Ohio State and Michigan than and Penn State than either USC or UCLA. <sighs> USC's right had a bad offseason. They've lost a yeah. bunch of guys flip for them. They've yep. lost a bunch of guys in the portal. Like, yeah, it's the it's the complete opposite for them. I, I think Oregon's had a really good offseason, if you want to call it that. I know there's still bowl games to play. Um, but and I think USC's had a terrible one. Washington will also be interesting to watch as they move on from yeah. Michael Penix Jr. But uh, we'll put a pin in that for a later day when we come back to Michigan Panic Meter and of all the kids that are playing in the Cotton Bowl that might not be here next year, who do you want to keep the most? That's next. But first, a word from our sponsor. 